It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is our 12th birthday celebration, and aren't we celebrating? And aren't we the only ones who are celebrating? Isn't that great? Yay! It's me and Megan the Mitch Mitchell. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Oh, 12 years is a big deal. That's why everyone sent in lots of messages to tell us how much of a big deal it is. Boy, we're not even going to be able to get to any news because of how many emails were sent in. Oh my gosh. First we go to, nope. Uh, no, it's fine. Come it's on, fine. fans. No, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just 12 years of my life. I mean, I have a full 12 year old. It's like, it's, I have an actual 12 year old. It's yeah. a big deal. So, so look at that kid and think that's how much work Richie has put into the cultural hall. It's fine. Don't worry. It's no one's sending you an email about your kid turning 12 and saying, great work with your kid. I have too high of expectations. Even, okay, I though, I you an said, email. even though I said, hey, these are my expectations. You know, tell me what you need. Is there anything that we can do for you? Even though I did all of those things. Nope. That's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I, nope. It doesn't. I, I sent you an email. I know. I sent you an email. I know. You you are one of, well, and let me be honest. Let me dial it back a little bit. Let me calm it down just a quick yeah. minute. We got a, I did get a couple of emails. Okay. Let's go here. T Taylor oh, says, good. Richie, let me honestly tell you that my experience was when you asked for comments on how the show could go moving forward, etc. She said, me, I come up with a couple ideas. Then my brain, that's the dumbest suggestion ever. Don't you dare send that. You're a dumb dumb. I'm sure many others experience something similar. We tend to get shy when we need to get creative. We're sorry. The show is awesome and you're awesome. Thank you, Taylor. Megan Taylor, you're not a dumb dumb. In. What? I said, Taylor, you're not a dumb dumb. Yeah, she's no dumb dumb. She knows that. She's no, she knows she's no dumb dumb. Uh, Megan the Mitch Mitchell writes, I had not heard about the Cultural Hall until about a year and a half ago when I heard Richie on another podcast. I'm always on the hunt for a new show and podcast form. So I was eager to listen. I instantly responded to the wide range of topics that are covered. Richie's sense of humor and array of characters that step into the hall. I now consider it an amazing privilege to be a part of the news episodes as an occasional panel member. Thank you, Megan. One thing about the cultural hall I've really appreciated is that my eyes have been open to some new opinions and points of view that I had either ignored or never knew existed. The cultural hall is place for everyone to feel welcome. And that is so, so important. Congratulations at 12 years. And you point out we're now in fact a deacon that means this uh, this show available in podcast form, eligible for the priesthood. Here's to 12 more amazing years with amazing interviews and awesome guests. Yeah, maybe, Megan the Mitch Mitchell, maybe, maybe we'll do that. This email from Cindy that says, hey, sorry that I'm one of your listeners that sucks. I love your show. I've been listening to your show for a few years now. I found your podcast when I was going through a really rough divorce. My ex had experienced a pretty severe faith crisis and left me three boys in the in January of 2020, I was not quite prepared for trying to heal during a pandemic. It really lock, rocked our world. Still does. Some days I find myself searching for answers myself in several directions and have felt your realness about hard things we typically don't talk about in LDS culture. I appreciate this about you. Your honesty about your personal struggles is admirable and helps me share my own. My testimony is solid, and I can't deny my own experiences or personal witnesses I have had. With that being said, I'm just a single mom trying to share my light with my boys. I spend my days working for tax and investment firms. Only 12 more days, as she counts it down to tax day. I'm hoping soon that I can become a Patreon member because, as Cindy points out, you're worth it. Thank you, Cindy. And then we got this one. Richie, how are you? From what I gather, based on your comments during your shows, it sounds like you've been living your most interesting life recently. 
Congrats on the renovation, the new home studio, the new projects, and as always, keeping an open mind to new adventures and ideas. Uh, oh, no, this has nothing to do with the birthday show. Okay, that's it. That's the people that cared that this is the birthday show. That's it. So I will continue to do the show for Megan the Mitch Mitchell, for Cindy, who's going to be a Patreon saint coming up, and for Taylor, who's not a dum-dum, because she not a dum dum. She was able to find her way to the email, everybody. So if she's a dum dum, what are you? If she's a dum dum, <laughs> what are you? Because she found her way to sending an email to contact at theculturalhall.com. I will say there was one yeah. other gentleman, his name's Sam, who sent me, oh, I guess two other people, Matt as well, who sent me a thing and said, Is there something wrong with the uh, show feed? Because I did put out an episode hmm. um, for the 12th oh, that was birthday. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty on it the was, nose. It was good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I got in my car with my kids to drive them to school. And, and my uh, 14-year-old was like, like, I started playing the episode and then it stopped. And my son was like, only seven seconds. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, there must be something. Like, it took time loading, getting out of the driveway. Buffering. You know, Wi-Fi. And buffering. Exactly. So I played it again. And I'm like, nope, that's it. Yep. <laughs> that's that's birthday, the end of the story. Of and and since this episode will replace that audio, so if you haven't heard it, uh, you don't know what we're talking about. It's uh, Counting Crows, Big Yellow Taxi, line from don't the chorus. Don't it always seem to gone. go that you don't know oh, what you right. got till it's gone. I also, uh, gone. I, I toyed with uh, Anna Kendrick's When I'm Gone, When I'm Gone, gone. You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone. But I went with uh, Counting Crows because it's shorter and I didn't want to get sued. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Thanks. I appreciated it. Yeah. What's new with you? There's a lot of angst on this end. What's a, what's new with you? <laughs> uh, actually, a considerable lack of angst because I just hit the end of my semester. So I got all of my schoolwork turned in and now oh. I can breathe for like a week. I'm so excited. So excited. So yeah, that all finished up on Wednesday. Got all of my, my assignments done and um, I'm very excited about that. And when do you finish school completely? Take some time. In, in, what's that? That is such a good question, Richie. I have no <laughs> idea. Because here's the thing. So I'm in BYU Pathway, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so you do like these first three classes and then you apply to either Ensign or BYU-Idaho. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I applied to Ensign, got in, no problem there, except that they've been sitting on my transcripts for over two months, having not evaluated them yet. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what will transfer from my previous college experiences to now. Okay. Um, so that's a really good question. At this point, I'm taking it literally a day at a time because I'm I'm registered for the next semester and I'm going to mm-hmm. take six credits um, because I was like, I can sign up for classes that I know that I absolutely have to have that will not that I don't have any correlating credits for already. Sure. Um, but beyond that, I don't know what will transfer from, I, I have a feeling a significant amount of previous credits will transfer. I just don't know what they'll uh, account for. So sure. I was like, I'll, I'll be safe, sign up for six credits for next semester. And then after, once I get my transcripts evaluated, then I'll have a better idea based on like some preliminary calculations, probably about two, two and a half years from now, I'll graduate with my, with my bachelor's. Congratulations. So, how do you so. like, how do you like the pathway experience? Yeah. That's a, that's a huge thing that I don't think people know as much about as maybe they should. 
Right. Right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about it. Um, it has been amazing. The only hiccups that I have found have been right now, where I'm at right now, where there's hard to find, it's difficult to find communication, like people that I can communicate who can help with all of my, like my, my transcript issues. Cause I call into Enzyme and they're like, we can't really help you because BYU pathway is their own entity mm. and they just kind of work in partnership, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I've been with the same group. So we meet once a week via zoom. We have our gathering group and I've been meeting with them once a week since the beginning of September. And they are like my best friends. They are amazing. amazing. And from all and over the world like, or all over the country? So in, in this particular, um, they call them your PC 101, 102, 103. They're strictly Pathway Connect classes. It's all people here in Utah, mm. in the Salt Lake Valley. Um, and so, uh, but they we've just all become like best of friends. We had our final, final gathering yesterday. And it was like weirdly emotional and sad because I've never met any of them in person. We've only ever talked over Zoom, but like it's been a weekly thing since for 28 weeks that we've met together. And so that has been amazing, just the support and the friendships. Um, definitely a high quality of education. I forgot, like I didn't realize how much I had forgotten from my previous college experiences. Hmm. Like I forgot how to do math, yeah. you know, just math and in general. Gone. It, I, literally, it gone. fell out of my head. Yep. <laughs> gone. And so um, that was a huge stretch for me was figuring out how to do like, how do I simplify an equations? I don't know what's an equation. I have no idea, you know? Um, And so it was was a huge opportunity for growth. I realized I'm really good at writing, like the writing assignments, easy, no problem there. That's great. Um, Yeah. And then in my, my digital marketing class, which is the first class towards my first certificate, I've been doing that this semester. Um, and that one has people from all over the world and that one has stretched me significantly, like a lot, but not in ways that I thought, like, I I realized that like picking up the information and the, uh, material was pretty easy for me. Um, but it was an intro question marketing class a little bit, a little bit, um, upward inflection. Um, but I was, but it was like dealing with, like we had a big group project to do and I had people from a diff, few different parts of the world. And I'm like, culturally, we just do things differently, sure. not better, not worse. Just it's different. just a different experience, yep. you know? Um, and, but I have a feeling that that's what it's going to be like continually going forward. So it helped me learn some things that I can do differently that I can do better. So overall, aside from the last couple of weeks with the transcript issue, everything has been amazing. Yeah. So well, if it, I can. Put in a plug for BYU Pathway. Do it's it. cool to hear too, because uh, I mean, at the risk of like labeling and grouping, like you are a, a large portion of what BYU Pathway would be, right? The person who went to college a little bit and then later in life is like, yeah, I, I want to do this. I'd like to, you know, start to pursue yeah. this. And it's not the commitment of like going to a university and all of those things, but it's still really great education and mm-hmm. the opportunity to get, you know, certified and or degrees in these very, very pertinent kind of things. That's awesome to hear that it's working that well for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's awesome. Thank you. Um, I, I've been very uh, proud of myself because, yeah. like I said, it's taken a lot of stretching, a lot of time. And yeah, well, and I'm appreciative kids, and that the program exists. And your kids notice that you're uh, you're doing it, too, right? Like they, they're like, yeah, okay. Mom's one that gets her goals. Maybe she didn't do it at the regular time, air quotes, regular, 
but like, yeah. you know, your kids notice. If I can give you a piece of advice, um, BYU yes, Pathways please. qualifies you to be able to take student loans. So take as much money as you possibly can. Just like rack it up. I know you guys are, you know, you're in that time. Just just rack it up. I watch this on TikTok. It's yeah. great advice. Uh, get a bunch of loans and then buy uh, Airbnb properties, and then you'll be able to pay off your student loan payments with the money that you make off your Airbnb properties. It's so all of that sounds foolproof. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's that's and and what I was hoping for is that we would get all of our student loans paid off from the first time I went to college and the first time my husband, you know, when my husband went to college and got his master's. Sure. I was really hoping to pay all of that off. Uh-huh. And then do it all over again. Yes. That sounds yeah. really you fun. You guys can do hard things. I love it. It's That's true. Great. That's it's great. True. That's great. That's great. What's new with you, Richie? Uh, you know, I'm just a lot of angst about the old uh, 12th birthday. A lot of yeah. contemplation with life. I'll be honest with you. And I'm being mm -hmm. completely transparent. So I I, uh, I have uh, recorded a few episodes in advance. Um. Mm -hmm. My thought was to just have them be so because I kind of like plot them out. In fact, if you follow us on Instagram, I shared a little uh, sneaky peek I saw of, what, that. of what's coming up. Um, but I sort of plotted out like news will be this time and then the next episode will be an interview. I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I've got enough interviews that maybe I'll just put them all interview, interview, interview and end it on 700 and never talk to anyone ever again at Ooh, one point. Diabolical. Yeah. That's what I thought at one point. I don't think I'm there. Okay. Let's but, let's get you to 750. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen. I was on the um the figurative show available in pod podcast form Cliff, looking over the edge and wondering what it might be like. Who's to gonna jump catch you? <laughs> from the figurative cliff. So the cliff. That's it. That's yeah. all I've well, got. Well, I wish I wish more people had sent in emails because uh I do think, and I'm, I'm going to get a little, a little sentimental. This show in podcast form has been really special for me for multiple reasons. You know, like I said in my email, but also like, um, so I have my, my own podcast, the little lessons podcast and like finding this show and then being able to connect with you to be my consultant. And then now being a member of the host panel, it, uh, it's given me confidence that I had either lost or didn't know existed in the first mm. place. And so I, I think that for a lot of different people, the cultural hall means different things, but they're all really important things. So I think you should keep going. So don't look over the cliff and jump. Also trigger, like don't look over a cliff and jump oh, in general. Um, I get the you know? feeling in the, in the yeah. little pits of my stomach whenever I get around heights. Yes. No. I, I agree. I agree. The tinglies. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I've been talked down. I've been talked down for now. I've been right. talked off the cliff for now. Leave it to the Mitch. Yeah. Just take care of it. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. Uh, coming up in the third block, we've got a temple ticker. So we're talking about uh, news about temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it's not the... Uh, the temples that were announced in uh, LDS General Conference, because that's already been talked about. That's last episode, pal. Where have you been? You haven't listened to it? These are new temple news. That's coming up in the third block. We'll do news coming back in the second. Hey, you guys, wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. 
It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine Skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church, so there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill. Be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block, we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Big deal uh, coming out of, uh, well, church headquarters, but it also affects Southern Utah University. That is that Elder Holland is going to be given a pass. He's he's, uh, having some health issues, and they've said, hey, you know what? Take a couple months off, Elder Holland. Typically, the uh, apostles end up taking the month of July off anyway, so this gets him about to, to that point. So he'll get three months or so. Um, he months. has he has undergone or undergoing, I should say, dialysis. Um, he contracted COVID, and that's why he didn't show up at uh, the Spring 23 General Conference. And uh, he also will no longer be speaking at the Southern Utah University commencement, which was a big deal. Lots of uh, petitions and walkouts and all the things and so they have not yet announced who's going to take his place um which the joke that i saw online this morning was brad wilcox and i just thought thought that was sort of funny i don't think but he was announced up at byu idaho anyway yeah just now so maybe he's not double dipping i'm not sure uh but i appreciated the humor of (laughs) i can't remember what account that was otherwise i'd give it that uh i my guess my strong guess would be that they will not announce a Another member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints' hierarchy to be that speaker. But who knows? Could uh, be a businessman or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they've got some connections there. My friend, actual literal friend, is the president of Southern Utah University. I was going to reach out to her, but I didn't want to put her on the spot. Um, yeah, and she's probably also, dealing with a lot. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then also, uh, you know... As best we can, I guess it's it's thoughts and prayers to Elder Holland. This does not bode well for an elderly gentleman to not only have had COVID, but also to, you know, be having such such kidney problems. Yeah. So. Well, and I, I've I've wondered about his health for a while now. Sure. Um, I noticed, uh, like during COVID general conference when it was just like half of the apostles and nobody in attendance, you know. Like one of the sessions he was getting up to speak and they instantly panned the camera away mm-hmm. um, to, to like a bouquet of flowers or something. So you couldn't see him walk up to the mm-hmm. podium. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that seems a little bit odd. And then I think like either prior to that or after some video was released with him, he and his wife down in St. George. 
And I think he was like walking with a cane or a walker or something sure. like that. And, you know, putting all the pieces together, he's an elderly gentleman and it's unfortunate because he's one of my absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. I, he's, he's given some talks that have been incredibly meaning to me for my testimony. Um, so I hope that he makes a full recovery or at least a recovery enough that we can continue to hear from him a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing because, it, it, I mean, it's literally just life played out before us. Right. And and these people, you know, though we're no respecter of persons, like we sure get a little bit celebrified when we look at the right. apostles and at the prophet as well. And and to say something like, you know, it may just be approaching his time to leave. People are like, how dare you? That's an apostle. I mean, no, right. no, it's life. It's life on yeah. a stage, air quotes. Um, that we're watching out, you know, that we're looking at. Right. Right. Absolutely. It may, it may very well be his time. And, and if it is, we know that he, you know, served well and man, it's amazing. I'm not wishing him ill. I'm not saying goodbye to him because that's not what we know or, you know, anything like that. But, but it is interesting how, like you could have that person in your neighborhood and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. You see Joe down on the corner. He's not doing very well. And, and we make comments about that, but for some reason in this different Circle thing to be life. like, well, I don't know. Uh, Elder Holland right. may not be doing too well. We all of a sudden go, oh, I can't believe you. Hand ring, hand right. ring, hand ring. Right. Well, and, and I think it's important that when it, with anybody, cause you know, say it's a, a parent, you know, and even if they're, they're older and their health is winding down, you would, you'd be similarly distraught. Right. Yeah. You know, I think it's important that when you're saying those prayers, Yes, we wish for healing if it is the will of the Lord, sure. but also that that person is going to be free of pain, whatever that means, that they're going to be comfortable, that their family will be comforted in the the trial, in the circumstance, because even if he makes a full recovery, it's not easy to watch your elderly father or grandfather or great-grandfather sure. go through dialysis and COVID and all that that entails, you know? So yes, pray for healing, but also pray for strength and comfort for everybody involved. I want to make this very well known that at the point I start to uh, decline, I would like everyone to pray for me to go quickly. That's fair. Please take him very quickly as he does not want to suffer at all. Like Hit by I, a bus. <laughs> yeah. If it's terminal, let's just take me. Let's go. Yeah. You're terminal. You've got a day. Today is my day. Tomorrow I'm gone. I don't want I don't want any of the any, any of the other things. I'm going to regret one day that I said that like that, I'm sure. But well, have you planned your funeral? Uh, well, sort of. Um, the things that I have planned is if I pass before my father that he'll conduct my funeral. We actually just talked about this Love the that. other day. And that as soon as the prayer is said, uh, I'm going to I'm not going to have my uh, service at a chapel. I'm going to have it at like the mm-hmm. chapel at the, you know, the grave site, you know. Sure. And, uh, or at the, you know, on property of the graveyard. And yeah. um, I I have put money and this is this is legitimate. I have put money to hire a mariachi band so that awesome. the second the prayer is done, that it fires up. All in true New Orleans fashion yes. go towards my gravesite. And also other it. hits to be played were dun 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 hey dun 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 oh dun 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 hey as we make our way and then just put me in the ground dedicated and write me off. We're I done. Love it. Yep. Do you want to hear a story? Yes. 
So my mom passed away in 2005 at the age of 49. Oh, geez. And um, it, it was it was horrible. Mm-hmm. It, uh, one of the worst experiences of my life. Um, but she was a huge Barry Manilow fan. Okay. Like huge fan of Barry Manilow. And um, we had her her funeral in the chapel at the church, you know, and everything it was beautiful. It was a lovely, lovely service. And uh, we, had, we got special permission from the bishop to play the song Mandy. Mm-hmm by Barry Manilow as her casket bearers wheeled her casket out of the chapel. And it was awesome. It's just a beautiful piano arrangement of the song Mandy by Barry Manilow. And the greatest thing is my mom always said she wanted all female casket bearers. And so that's what she had. She had all of her BFFs, um, you know, carrying her or wheeling her casket out and uh, putting it into the, the vehicle and to the tune of Mandy. And it could not have been, Look, are funerals perfect? No, because they suck because mm-hmm. we're saying goodbye to somebody that we love dearly. But for the circumstances, it could not have been more perfect. Yeah. So. You, you and she knew that it was a song about a dog, right? Of course. Okay. Of course. Well, I didn't think we didn't have anything Copacabana would work. You know, that might be a little too ruckus in the chapel, the church building. But Mandy lent itself well to okay. the, the mood. I would have pushed for Copa. I would have pushed for Copa. What you know? <laughs> I love it. What uh, what news story have you, Megan the Mitch? All right. So sorry, I'm laughing now. Um. So I have a special place in my heart for the land of China, for the okay. the country of China. I've told you this. I lived there in 2004. So I love anything having to do specifically with the intersection of China. And the church. So like when President Nelson announced the temple in Shanghai, I got super excited, started sobbing. Anyway, so uh, I found this beautiful story about a convert from Beijing who shares God's light with millions of Chinese people. Hmm. Now, that's difficult to do because it is against the law in China to preach anything about Christianity. Um, But this woman, her name is Connie Xiaohe Zheng, and uh, she was born in Beijing. and she met her husband, who is also from, he's from Shanghai, but he was living in America. Um, she was his intern. Um, via, like He was living in America and had joined the church in America, and he needed an intern. And she was his intern over in Beijing. So it was like this long distance, you know, situation. And they got to know each other that way. And then they they lost touch after, you know, her time was up. And then they got reconnected a few years later. They got married. They fell in love. They got married. He was not very active at the time. Um, but in order for her to, they, she had to come and live in America, married to him. And she went to Harvard Business School while she was over here in America, where she met Clayton Christensen. We all know Clayton Christensen, the Harvard business guru, also a member of the church who has written all books about missionary work and everything. And um they were invited to a fireside at his home or, or not at his home. He, they would do these firesides, he and his wife, Clayton Christensen and his wife. And so this woman, Connie and her husband went to one of the firesides and she just felt such an overwhelming spirit there and loved it. Um, I'm making a long story out of this, but after a couple of years and 13 missionaries, Jeez. she joined the church. Wow. She was baptized the day after she graduated from Harvard business school. 
Um, but the neat thing is that, so now she runs like, uh, blogs and different social media posts and, um, things like that, where she shares the gospel without sharing the gospel. So she did this whole, this whole, uh, post about, uh, or this whole kind of seminar, I guess, about, um, family history. And she, it was when the movie Coco was really popular. Mm-hmm. And so she used that as like her springboard to write this, uh, these amazing posts about the importance of uh, family history and finding out about your ancestors, utilizing quotes and scriptures from the church, but without actually saying this quote is from President Russell M. Nelson or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and that was shared over 100,000 times Jeez. throughout China alone. Um, and she's done that with a lot of other things as well, a lot of other gospel topics. So she'll share these quotes from church leaders, from scriptures, all of that, without giving like attribution, uh, explicit credit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, but without giving explicit credit, but people are hearing the gospel. Cool. And um, I think it's, I think it's so cool. And Richie, I think you should try to get her into the cultural hall. Okay. I will. I think, I think that should happen. Um, and maybe you need a guest host for that interview. I don't know. Somebody, Do you know anyone that would be interested in doing that? Um, I bet I can find you someone. Okay. 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 I, I bet I bet I know somebody who has a love for the country and would love to see the church exposed yeah, I more. Yeah, I don't know who that would be, but I'll I'll, I'll put my mind on it. How does that sound? All right. I'm uh, sure there's know, somebody in the cultural hall who would be like, Oh, I yeah, know someone. Yeah, it, or I can find someone. If there's not anyone, I can definitely uh I can definitely find someone. Interesting that you bring up China, because that's yeah. where the next news story goes to. China is using the Mormon church to influence U.S. politics and investigation finds. China allegedly fostered connections in Utah, some by way of the Mormon church, in order to influence U.S. affairs, according to a new report. Go ahead. Okay. I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. My little pea-sized brain, like, doesn't understand the ins and outs of this. So can you explain this to me like I'm seven? Uh, Yeah. So, so... (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yes. So what <laughs> happened was, is that, uh, that Utah lawmakers delayed or nixed le- legislation in the state that the Chinese government opposed, meaning, um, so, so, uh, if I understand this correctly, um, we were sort of uh, sensitive towards things that um, that might make the the Chinese government be like, oh, hey, uh, if you do this, we're, we may be not going to let your, you know, your missionaries come here. And we go, oh, OK, let's think about a way we can sort of soften this so it doesn't look exactly like that. That is probably the best that I can do at seven years old. It's like if we <laughs> do these things now, that's going to hurt these people's feelings so we sort of tried to soften it or changed it just a little bit so that they wouldn't get mad and go home because we wanted to be their friend because their okay. house is a cool house that we want to play in, but we aren't allowed to play there yet, but we That's want true. to. So we kind of say, look, we're, I mean, we like you. Look, we're friends. We're pals. So what do you make of all that? I mean, it's a great headline. Right. I, uh, <laughs> I, I I mean, so do I think that they probably, uh, you know, did this intentionally? That is from the Chinese side to the church, probably. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, I think that they saw 
that that would be some people that would care that had a weakness and and maybe exploited that. Do I think that it's, you know, China is going to take over the United States because the Mormon church wanted to send missionaries there and we were friendly with their government? No, I don't think that. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I definitely, I mean, people, man, that's what I think. You yeah. can't, you, just when you think you're doing the the right thing or, you know, you, you kind of believe that something is going to be this way, then it, it ends up being that, you know, someone or maybe some of them were very pure, right? Had the purest mm -hmm. of intentions. We made connections with the purest of intentions. And then the Chinese government said, hey, we know that you have connections with them. We need you to do this. Well, I don't want to. Well, that's not how this government works in this country. Okay, well, then I guess I'll do it. I think could also be part of where that was. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. Bummer. Bummer, yeah. bummer. All right. We and, and it's hard. It's well, it's hard because the country of China is amazing. You know, the people there, absolutely incredible. Um, it's like the powers that be that sure. are the problem. And so a lot of people I hear them rail against China and they're like, China, da, 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 da. and I'm like, no, it's like five people, you know, <laughs> out of billions. Yeah. And it's just five really people. Such with their hands going <laughs> exactly and there might be one like petting a cat yeah but uh <laughs> but no like they're they're such good people and i know that like if the church may, had a foothold there it would go bonkers you know yeah. um but it's just it's a, yeah anyway that's all i'm gonna say about that what uh what story do you have and i i want to say we haven't got through very many news stories yet and there are a bunch so let's as, okay. as quick as I'll we go can fast. Let's blow through okay. them. Let's do it. What what story have, do you have? Have you talked about the story of President Nelson getting the award for Morehouse College? Uh, I couldn't find it in past episodes. It, it's worth mentioning at least a minute. I can't remember right. if we have or not. So President Nelson is receiving the uh, introductory award for the Gandhi King Mandela Peace Prize for Morehouse College. Mm -hmm. Um so really, really exciting for him. Uh, I would think unexpected for us as members of the church to see President Nelson honored in such a special way. Um, he'll be accepting that war award actually in a few days. Um, but there was a neat quote here from um, Reverend Lawrence Carter, who's the dean of the Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel at Morehouse. Uh, he was talking about why President Nelson is getting this award. And he said, we wanted to identify Russell M. Nelson and link his name with these three giants. President Nelson is, I believe, a role model for how Christians need to get out of three boxes, the race box, the nationality box, and the culture box to unite the human family. With the power of his prophetic revelational vision, he looked out across great troubles in this country and saw the chance to form an alliance with the NAACP. Mm. Really, really cool. And I love that this gentleman, who is not a member of our faith, says that President Nelson has prophetic revelational vision. That stuck yeah. out to me a lot because yeah. there's a lot of people not of our faith who do not believe that he's a prophet. And this gentleman at least believes some element of that. But really, really amazing for President Nelson. And he'll be accepting that award, like I said, in a few days. And the Tabernacle Choir is going to sing virtually for that ceremony. There'll be some local church leaders there. So really, Pretty really cool. neat. Uh, Gladys Knight, we've talked about some of the awards that she's received. She recently received the National Medal of Arts. Uh, she is 78. Coming to uh, the state of Utah, it sold out in like an hour. Sister Knight's performance sense. at the Echoes Theater uh, sold out just that quick. Um, the National Medal of Arts uh, is a, an award that she received from President Biden at the White House in Washington, D.C., alongside 
Bruce Springsteen and Feliz Navidad singer songwriter songwriter uh, Jose Feliciano, according to Arts.gov. So congratulations to Sister Knight. We've got some uh, really bad, bad, bad uh, news about some members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Maybe we maybe we go there right now. Do we do that? Throw, throw or do it we at save me. it for the end? Throw do we it. say, and be sure you listen Let's... to the end for the horribleness. <laughs> no, be sure to listen to the end for fun, inspiring, uplifting stories, and we'll get through the, the crap right now. Okay, okay. So I'm not sure if you heard about this. Uh, Jim Craig, he's a Colorado dentist. Have you followed this story at all? Oh, yes. Yep, yep. member of the church. He's 45 years old. He's accused of murdering his wife by poisoning her shakes. Former staff and patients of the Colorado Mormon dentist now charged with killing his wife by poisoning her slowly with uh, spiked protein shakes have told of their disbelief. She first started feeling sick on March 6th. By March 15th, she was in the hospital for the third time complaining of headaches and nausea. She was taken off of life support on March 18th. They have uh, six kids, with the oldest being 21, and... uh, here, here. I mean, it's a horrible story in and of itself, right? Just awful, just mm-hmm. crazy, terrible, terrible, bad. But they, mm-hmm. in the article that I see, uh, that I found, it has screenshots of their text messages between the two of them. And it's things like him asking, have you eaten anything? And she's saying, I had my protein shake and magnesium makes me weird. This is not hungry. And then he asks her, are you nauseous? And she says, no, I feel drugged. And it says, given our history, I know this must be triggering. Just for the record, I didn't drug you. I am super worried, though. You looked really pale before I left, like in your lips even, because he had poisoned her before. Oh, and she knew? Yeah. Because he said, given our history? Yeah. Oh, oh, that. um, Yeah. Yeah. So he was serving as elders court president, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously not anymore. Yeah. But. I, so my my husband's elders corn president, and when this story broke, I turned to it was in the morning, like we had just woken up, and I was like, "Hey, you're elders corn president, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, last time I checked, it's been like two years." And I'm like, "Please don't murder me." Yeah. <laughs> and I know my husband would never do like that's never uh, a worry that I have. But like, also, what's up with dudes killing their wives? Well, I mean, it, it's honestly, and and this is an interesting thing that we actually get into in a future uh, episode of the uh, mm. Cultural Hall, that if you are a patron saint, you would likely be able to see maybe today or tomorrow, um, is the idea that um, for some, they can't grasp with the idea of being divorced, yeah. what that looks like, what that feels like socially, culturally. And so mm-hmm. they don't see that as a way out. Instead, they do this other thing. And really what it is, is it's just being a coward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and my understanding is this gentleman, gentleman, this idiot, this horrible man, um, he was having a series of affairs. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So here, you do bad things to your family outside of the murder, right? You're unfaithful or, you know, the case down in Enoch, the guy had, you know, been abusive is my understanding in some capacity. So you do these bad things to your wife and your children. And then do you not expect for them to retaliate and say, you know what, I don't want to be married to you anymore because you're not the person that I 
signed up for. You're not the person that I agreed to spend my eternity with. Sure. So how how could that be a surprise? Because everybody who enters into an adulterous affair, anybody who has an affair, they know they're doing something wrong. Sure. Right. I mean, like there, that's not a secret. So, you know, you're doing something wrong to your family, to your wife, to your children, to your unit, and then to expect that nothing would come from that. And so then your way out is to murder them. Yeah. It just seems like a weird, unhinged train of thought, Yeah, you know, I, my, and my wife and yeah. I have an agreement that uh, if she ever wants to be with someone else, she can just tell me and it would crush me. It would destroy me. Yeah. But I, yeah. I have said, I want you to know, and I will give you the same courtesy, that as hard as it will be, I will come to you, even if it's just moments before, and I will say, I am going to be with someone else, and we are not going to be together anymore. Yeah. And then go do it, and then start to, you know, go through that process of doing that. I have made her the promise, and she to me, that I will not kill her in a way... <laughs> to avoid, you know, being divorced. We'll, we'll just get divorced. That's, and and that's not to say just because it's a big deal and it's life altering and all the things, but I promise to just, you know, as an adult say, I made this choice. I would like to make a different choice. I release you of the choice that you made with me. Let us now go make different choices. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's interesting thinking about like this story again, the one in Enoch, you know, we as members of the church, uh, you know, people in Utah, you know, we have this connection to these stories because of the shared faith, mm-hmm. you know, but this isn't unique to us. Sure. You know, there's, I mean, you look at that, the case with the lawyer, the Murdoch case out in, where is it? South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, this, this guy couldn't handle it. He had made terrible decisions and thought, well, my only way out is to murder my wife and child, you know, it's not unique to us. And, but it's going to make the headlines because of, you know, their religious affiliation and uh, why uh, husbands stop killing your wives, please. Okay. So, so we're still doing bad news. The Redmond police department detectives arrested a man for multiple instances of child molestation while he attended the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Redmond. Buckland Darrell, age 44, charged with two counts of first-degree child molestation in two separate cases. The the first crime occurred in 2020. Uh, Court documents allege that he molested a six-year-old boy. This is why I bring this up. In addition to always be aware, he he molested a six-year-old boy while sitting next to him at a church service. So... So, I mean, as one commenter, when we shared this on uh, the Cultural House Facebook page, said, this is why my kids are never going to go to the bathroom alone at church. This is just a, and and I don't want anyone to be like, well, I'm not going to trust anyone ever. That's not what I'm saying. But if you have inclination that someone is befriending you and your family, your kids, in a way that at all stirs you to go, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Or maybe, no, not brother, not sister. Right. I think it is keen to pay attention to that because it, the first occurrence was in church. Yeah. Ugh. And not even in the bathroom. It yes. was like in the chapel. In primary or yep. yeah. Oh, it was in, yeah. 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 During the um, church service. You know, it was, in, yeah. <sighs> And then we finally, had, we had state conference a few. Oh, sorry. Oh go no, ahead. go ahead. 
No, you know, let's put it to bed. Put it to bed. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, there's one other story, and this is where I hate the way that my brain works. Um, there was mm-hmm. a man. Let's see. I got to scroll to it, and I'm not sure. Uh, hold on. Going to do a little search on the old. There it is. Uh, this out of Sandy, Utah, a Sandy man faces 10 felonies uh, for possessing child pornography. And then this line, I wish uh. that I never would have uh, read. It said some of it was a allegedly LDS themed pornography to which I went, what? And then because I have that insatiable quest for what are we talking about right now? Uh, not to worry, I didn't visit any sites that, uh, you know, that showed me what that was. But uh, apparently, as part of the pornography that this person possessed and was consuming, it was cartoons of early leaders of the church put into pornographic situations. And I just have no words that stuff like that exists. No words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I know the the case you're referring to, I was reading articles about that, and some of it had like missionaries. Yeah, it doing just things. I, I it's yeah. just that's it. That's the horrible news. Let's do some light. We've got about five minutes. We're gonna pack as much light and goodness in the next five right. minutes as we possibly can. Right. Really quick story. Former child actor with ties to Utah and Idaho has no regrets living out of the spotlight. Stuart Peterson was uh a teenager in Cokeville, Wyoming, when the movie The Red Fern Grows was Aww. being made. Yeah. And he was he was cast as the lead in that movie. Um, and then he was 13 at the time. Um, he then went on to, he's also played Joseph Smith. He was in a movie called Against the Crooked Sky. Um, but then after, after his last movie that he made, he bounced from the movie industry as a teenager. Now he runs like a adventuring company, like taking people on like backpacking trips and stuff cool. in Wyoming and Idaho. Um, he served a mission in the Netherlands. Uh, maybe you should have him on the cultural hall too. Oh, uh, maybe I should. Um, why not? You know, um, fun little fun little story. Uh, yeah, he was eighteen when he shot his last film. Um, met his cute wife at Rick's College, Aww. and uh, now he's a grandfather. Way to go, Grandpa Peterson. Left the limelight. Uh, yes. Stuart Peterson. I thought this was interesting. Uh, I'm not sure how many people actually noticed this, but at the last general conference, it was the first time that they had international singers in the Tabernacle Choir. If you remember, we did this in Articles of News months ago, where they said, Mm -hmm. hey, listen, uh, it's an opportunity for people who don't live within the 100-mile radius to be able to sing with the choir. Those people had to audition. They had to, you know, train and be ready to go, but they were able to do it in other places. And then they were able to be added to the choir at general conference. Uh, There were six countries that were represented with these individuals and uh that those are the countries of brazil ghana malaysia mexico the philippines and taiwan and uh for for all uh, accounting of it it seemed like it went really well that they enjoyed themselves and that it will likely happen again so if you always thought man i'd love to be in the tabernacle choir but i just don't live close enough to utah you can probably do that. What I don't know is, do you have to be from a foreign country or could you technically mm. just be like a Connecticut saint yeah. and uh, yeah. be a part of the choir? So who knows? That would be interesting. Well, so my favorite detail about that story is that the two sister, the two women from Mexico are sisters-in-law and they had mm. no idea 
they they were asked all of the singers were asked to keep the whole process confidential they were supposed huh. to keep it confidential that they auditioned all of it was confidential and so i think it was literally if i read it if i remember correctly they arrived in utah or like one of them was like hey i'm going to utah and the other one was like well i'm going to utah why are you going to utah well i'm doing this thing well i'm doing this thing they had no idea and so and they're from like opposite sides of mexico one's from monterey one's from elsewhere you know like literally hundreds of miles away they so show that up for rehearsal what are you doing here oh my god <laughs> megan's so, acting it fun. out for those who get to I see am. the video <laughs> Uh, this is cool because we don't always get this, but uh, an estimated 425,000 individuals in 28 cities and across six countries came to experience the giving machine in 2022. Um, some highlights, 3.2 million healthy meals, 13,000 boxes of fresh produce uh, were made available. 32,000 children will receive school supplies and class instruction. More than 516,000 children will be vaccinated against polio and measles. More than 38,000 chickens, 25,000 ducks, and 3,700 beehives will provide families with long-term nutrition and income potential. Just some of the nearly billion-dollar benefit of, um, oh, no, wait, no, that's combining two stories. Since 2017, giving machines have collected more than $22 million. And then that so leads cool. right into Love the it. other one. In the year 2022, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gave away... That is donated, that is worked with organizations, uh, and we're able to to use $1 billion in caring for those in need as part of their annual report. So pretty pretty uh, amazing. amazing to see some of those things coming through. One of those, of course, being the $5 million UNICEF uh, donation, the $32 million donation to the World Food Program. So tons going on as far as that goes, and, and glad, to, glad to hear us talk more about it. I know... We've always done a lot, but glad to know that we're getting a more detailed kind of response to what we're doing. Uh, this is your last story. Tell me what you've got. All right. The 90-year-old Elders Corn president. Have you heard about this? <laughs> I saw this. He lives in my neighborhood this somewhere. Is the... I was going to ask you, because I know you're in Taylorsville, and this gentleman's in Taylorsville. Cleo, Cleo Wright, um, he was called when he was 89 uh, to be the Elders Corn president. He was quite shocked, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um uh, he does not own a cell phone, so I'm not sure how he's working the LDS tools situation. Um, but he's he's done it all. He's been a bishop, a bishopric counselor, high counselor, first counselor, in state presidency, high priesthood leader. He's he was a state patriarch until his state was dissolved, and he's still working in the temple while fulfilling his calling as an elders quorum president. Hmm. Um, my husband's an elders quorum president, and he's 43, and I know that he would like. It's exhausting. So this gentleman, it sounds like he's absolutely incredible. He has got great counselors. His bishopric state presidency absolutely loves him. They were very hesitant at first to call him. Sure. And he was quite surprised by it. But by all accounts, I mean, he's been serving faithfully for about, I think, a year and a half. Um, but it's, it's funny, you know, members get to a certain age. And understandably so, they think they can kind of retire, which, like I said, I get it. I get it. And he shows no signs of that. No, no signs mindset. of stopping. Yeah. Uh, and he'll like help move couches and stuff. And yeah. that's the thing that even I at couches. my age, I won't do anymore. <laughs> if I Our look house. at the people and I think you have the means necessary to hire a moving company, I say you get X amount of my time and then I'm done. And then at the stopwatch of that time, 
I will say I have fulfilled the uh, the commitment of which I'd said. Okay, two things. One, BYU has a new uh, president. His name is C. Shane Reese. He's the 14th pre- president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints' University, uh, Brigham Young down in Provo. He's uh, from Texas. He got a doctoral degree in statistics from Texas A&M. He um, has been a part of the... Um, Oh, what do you call it? Like the group that's helped to make... Uh, oh, like diversity and inclusion, right? Yeah, yep. And it was a surprise that he was announced, so I thought that that was kind of unique. Um, also, if you're well, listening he's young to... too, so... If you're listening to this during Holy Week, I know the Little Lessons podcast has been doing a thing for Holy Week uh, episodes every day. And also, be sure that you find the Cultural Hall on Facebook. We have uh, Trevin Hatch and Eric Huntsman. Eric, who's actually in... Uh, Israel in Jerusalem doing stuff about Holy Week all week long. Videos, super cool. They are way smarter about this stuff. They've kind of done a a Facebook takeover. It's a great way for you to get more information about that. Uh, So make sure that you check that out. And then literally, as this just came in to my phone just now, uh, Carrie says, happy birthday, the Cultural Hall. I listen to every episode. So there's one more that got it. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back and do the temple ticker coming back in the third block of the cultural hall. Thanks, Megan. Hey, no problem, Richie. Thank you. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country. Uh, but especially here in Utah, been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, Whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. And it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block of this birthday episode, it is the Temple Ticker. It's the latest and greatest Temple news from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, listen, I would not know these things were it not for the help of Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself. Uh, If you listened in last, uh, our conference episode, that's right, he texts with his friends about temples. That's how much he loves temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tell me, uh, with it being the birthday episode, it is now 12 years old. The Cultural Hall just turned 12. How old were you when it started? Um, well, I guess 12 years ago. So let's see, 27 minus 12 is 15, 15. Yeah. So we started this here thing that you're now a part of before you could even drive an automobile. How about that? I got my license at 15. Ah, Okay. Before you could my permit before you could date. (laughs) Okay. Legally, according to the, I don't know, before you could, before you could, um, join the military before you could, uh, Drink alcohol. All of these things are true about the cultural hall. How did you first hear about it? I don't know that I know that. 
Uh, it was during the pandemic. So like way, way in 2020, I think there was a interview with like maybe the Brad Wilcox one or one of those. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, found my podcast feed and that's what I found. Nice. Okay. And are you grateful that we invited you to be a part of this or is it something that you just go, oh, okay. <laughs> well, it kind of happened slowly. Like you just, you invited me on one show and then on another and yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I, I love it because jokes aside, I love how much you know about it and how much it just seems to tickle you to know about the different temples and stuff like that. So seeing someone be able to share something that they're passionate in, I love that. And so, you know, for as long as we can get you to do it and keep doing it, I, I love that you're willing to do it, that you take time out of your week and your month and all those things uh, to be able to share the latest temple news. And okay, I hope uh, it's not too boring. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love it. And if other people think it's too boring, too bad. It's not their show. Thanks. Uh, we, we do temple news, though, so let's get to it. There's not much, uh, obviously, since we did in our conference recap all about the new temples, where they're going to be and why they might have been selected to be there. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that. Let's get into the now temple news. Uh, dedications, groundbreakings, and renderings. Oh, my. Yes. Um, the first one is a dedication. Um, it's announced that the Bangkok Thailand Temple will be dedicated. Um, they'll have an open house on September 1st through the 16th. And then on October 22nd, uh, Elder Rasban will be there in Thailand dedicating the temple. So this is the first uh, temple in Thailand, but it's also the first temple in Southeast Asia. So everything like south of China, there hasn't been a temple there before. But it's not the last temple to come. Um, you know, President Nelson has announced four temples that will be in its the temple district. One in India, one in Cambodia, one in Singapore, and one in uh, Indonesia. So until then, all those people will have to go to Thailand, but they'll get their own temple. And this early on, remember, uh, President Nelson did sort of that world tour, which we always sort of joked around about, right? Like he's like, I'm seeing the world. And he did go all over, you know, jet setting essentially for that first year or so of being the prophet. This is one of the big places where he went. Yeah, he went to all these places. He went to Bangalore, India. He went to Bangkok, Thailand. He went to Cambodia, Singapore, Jakarta. So... So they're finally coming to pass. You know, this could have been a September 17th temple dedication if they really would have pushed it. Could have had four on that day. Never done before within the church, but they said, nah, let's do it in October. I guess. Okay. All right. Uh, we go to Port Vanuatu, which I continue to contend we only know about because of season nine of Survivor. Tell me about that temple. Yeah, um, they're going to have a groundbreaking. Maybe this has already happened by the time you listen on April 8th. Um, this is actually rescheduled um, because there was two two typhoons that passed through. So um, Brent Natris, K. Brent Natris will be there to preside over the groundbreaking. Uh, he spoke in general conference, and I know that a couple of people, uh, as we live tweeted at the cultural hall, were like, Elder Mattress? Sounds sleepy. <laughs> it's Natris. <laughs> Don't don't, don't get confused. Don't get confused by that. In fact, actually, as I look about this, and we're going to talk about Port Moresby, Elder Muir's talked in uh, in general conference, and uh, Elder Yusida for the Belo uh, Bella Horizonte uh, Brazil Temple, he spoke in general conference as well. It's a pattern. <laughs> I see it. And they're all in the area presences, so wow. um, they kind of they live in those areas, and they. But I mean, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's not. But yeah, Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea, uh, Peter F. Muir's, is he from Australia, I think? Um, he, on April 22nd, they'll um, break ground for that temple. 
And then June 17th, we get Elder Usida at the Belo Horizonte Temple. Belo Horizonte. Uh, Horizonte. In, in Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never get it. I'll never get it. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, how about uh, this Cody, Wyoming? See, I live in Utah. You live in Utah. You would think that it was, you know, the reopening of the Salt Lake Temple with how many times I saw this in my news feeder just for the rendering of the Cody, Wyoming Temple. <laughs> that's funny yeah i mean not too long ago like two weeks before this they released the location and now they have the rendering already um so yeah it's going to be about that ten thousand square foot size temple that we see right now going up in helena and casper and the design kind of looks like a mixture between the two um kind of that kind of classical it almost looks like the the state capital of wyoming if you know what that is it kind of has this gold pyramid on the top so well, i know what have... that is <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the way that you're nerdy about uh temples i'm nerdy about state capitol buildings okay for real have we talked yeah. about this have we talked no, about this? i really haven't so helena get ready temple guy i almost want to call you temple boy because you're always teasing me about how old i am but a temple guy so helena not supposed to be the state capital of montana it's a big old ballot box stuffing scam that it's in helena and then the lazy people of montana were like well we don't want to move it let's keep it here <laughs> I love that's, it. that's legitimate they they built the, the state capitol building in helena as quick as they possibly could because the people that wanted it in Helena were like, listen, we don't want to go anywhere else. Let's build this as elaborate as possible so that they'll never move it. I contend we should have done that in Utah with Fillmore. And then <laughs> Fillmore would be the capital as opposed to Salt Lake City. Whoever heard of that city? That's right. I think also kind of something similar happened in Idaho where it used to be like, I think it was Idaho City. And then there was some like weird ruse or something. They stole a flag or something and Boise became the capital. Yeah, see, capitals are interesting. I know, yeah. I wish I could have cared this much when I was in school and actually could have spent the time studying it. Now it's just this odd, you know, like middle-of-the-night Wikipedia rabbit hole thing that I do. Where I'm sure there's I, YouTube channels that are dedicated to this. Why is that there? Anyway, Helen, yep, a gold pyramid. So I guess if you can't have a gold Moroni, you can have a gold pyramid on the top. Is is it like Mayan or at it like is it a nod to that? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think kind of if you, I'm talking about the Capitol building in Wyoming. Oh, 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 oh. I think um it kind of has these gold accents. Um kind of it has a dome on the top that's like a gold so, so, color. So the the Cody Wyoming Temple just has a, a gold pyramid and it's sort of a nod to the Capitol building. Perhaps, yeah. Okay. Okay. Like they, I know they said for Casper and Star Valley, they took design cues off of the Capitol building in Cheyenne. So maybe similar. Okay. Okay. And then we wrap it out with, we don't normally talk about this, but president and matron of a new temple. Yeah. Um, so last time we talked about that, right now there's only two temples dedicated in the Philippines. And so this temple in Ordendera has been, you know, delayed. It's been, it was dedicated, it was announced in 2010. Jeez. Long delays. Um, but finally, um, a president and matron have been announced um so that means the dedication is probably coming soon hopefully by the end of the year robert Yu and ophelia Yu. um he was a stake president and a seminaries and institute coordinator there in the philippines so a local guy nice to see um a pre the president of a new temple be local it, isn't it like i sometimes will look at like these uh either mission presidents or temple presidents and matrons and when i see it's like and, the, and and maybe this is me being oversensitive to this, but when it's like 
the uh, Mubambashi Africa Temple patron, and it's Brett Christensen from <laughs> Lehigh, Utah. I just there's something about that to me, and maybe like I get it if we're helping out at the beginning. If there's not enough leadership for it, I get it. But in the areas where it's been established for at all any time, I'm like no. And not Brett, and no offense if there is a Brett Christensen of Lehigh, Utah, uh, but but no, not Brett Christensen of Lehigh, Utah. Let Brett Christensen of Lehigh, Utah be in charge of something else. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at the president of the Kinshasa Democratic Republic, the Congo Temple. The first temple matron was Brett Jameson. Brent Jameson. Yeah, almost so prophetic I, in the way I that I got he was a, <laughs> I think he was a mission president that returned there, basically. But the new, the second temple president is, looks like a local guy. Last name's Mukubu, so that sounds yeah. pretty. Local. Yeah, see that the way that it should be. I'm sorry, that's a soapbox I shouldn't have got up on. <laughs> if people want to follow all the latest and greatest as far as the Temple ticker, the Temple news of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, every couple episodes or so, we have Corey K. Ward come in. He'll spout off whatever the latest is that's happening, even some speculation stuff that he found on Reddit that he probably shouldn't be sharing. We talk about it in the Temple ticker. Uh, spoiler. You can find the temple ticker on YouTube, so check that out. I'm not going to say that again too much. Uh, Corey, I appreciate you being here, uh, and we'll have you on again in a couple of weeks. Happy birthday to you, 15-year-old Corey K. Ward, who that's how old he was driving cars when we first started this whole thing. We Thanks. hope that this episode yeah. has nourished and strengthened your body. We're excited for him to attend this week, but you'll be able to come next week. And that when the time comes for crying out loud, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the Cultural, the cultural Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back